That's my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Con, you've had a bit of a rough week. Well, look, I have rough weeks every week, so I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a rough week. But every now and then I get a small reminder that, yes, I do live in the public eye and, yes, I am prone to being at the uh, bottom of an internet pylon, which I I can't describe the, how that feels when you are getting trolled or people have decided to turn on you for something. It's a feeling, yeah. a really, really feeling and I'm so good at not reading comments I've learnt you know I know my boundaries I know I can't handle reading things that are said about me and just brushing it off like Denon my husband he's very good at reading horrible comments about himself and just laughing but his skin's very thick and mine mm. while well, in some areas it can be in others it's just not so and, and this this particular pylon really got you where it hurts because it was attacking your business so for yes. anyone who's not aware just give us a quick sort of update of how it unfolded so I have a business and I re- I'm like an online shop and I've got my own products and I've also started selling other products. And I really wanted to keep the price point down because, you know, the, my demographic, we're not rich, yuppie, obviously just looking at me, I'm not followed by, you know, like people that I want everything perfect and expensive because that's not who I am. So I wanted to keep the, pr- the product prices down. I found some really cheap, accessible accessories from China and I've just started buying them in bulk. Now I've got had a couple of various bloggers who have found these products and found the wholesale price for like say $10 and I'm selling them for $35 and they have started accusing me of having an unethical business saying that that's too much profit but they have no idea where my profits go and that is not profit. Profit means money that I get to walk off with at the end of the day. And yeah, because you've guarantee. got shipping, you've got oh, staff, shipping you've got from China, I've postage. got my staff, I've got exactly, I've got a I do my donation. I it's it's just not as profitable. And people who have worked in retail and people who have owned their own businesses completely understand this. That that is not looking at money like that is very naive. There was a time where I would see the money come into the bank and think, oh yay, we can go on a holiday, we can do this and that. And now I've learned that no, that is not your money. You've got huge bills to pay. Your money is very, very, very much less than that. So anywho, I ignored these trolls and these. It's it's a fine line between media trolls and bloggers these days. Mm. When you're getting trolled is when uh, I was, you know, actually being attacked by this blogger saying that I that it's probably women being slave-driven in the factories. Oh, you're and kidding. Absolutely. And it's so unfair because I did get all of the certificates and the photos of the factory short of going to China. <sighs> I have done my due diligence to work with this company. And I also think it's kind of racist to just assume that anything that's done in China is done with slave labour. China's got some pretty strict laws these days yeah. around what you can and can't get away with factories. Wise. But also, like on a serious note, that's defamation of you and your business. It absolutely is. It really is. And as someone who tries to always do the right thing, I really do. And there are so many companies out there that don't. And I try and I try and make a profit to support myself and my children. 
And I just don't understand why that profit is getting pulled apart, why there is such a nasty connotation to women and profits. Mm. I really do think it's a gender issue. And it's, I'm not saying that men are doing it to us because women are doing it to us. Women seeing women earning a profit and they like to pull it apart. And I also think that people think that what goes into what goes into my business is me just sharing my life online and playing on my phone all day and playing <laughs> Facebook, you know, whereas it's absolutely not. Like there is so much work involved. You know, what you see on the Instagram stories or the Facebook posts is such a very, very, very small percentage of what is actually involved in my job and, and what I do. So, yeah, I think people don't like to see people making easy money and they think that's easy money. Also, there's an element of dishonesty with a lot of um, a lot of like bloggers and I think when it first became you know a um, uh, something you could a job that you could earn money in I think that there was a lot of sneaky mm. do you like these glasses and it was like these are money I can't take them off and they were actually getting paid but they were almost cheekily um, you know like kind of taking advantage of their audience that believed them and trusted them and they would be doing a facial with products they don't actually use, they're just getting paid for Mm. it. So I think that gave it a really negative connotation, whereas what I do is very transparent. So I knew that in order to make a a living out of my blog, I had two options. I could either work with other companies and, you know, do sponsored posts. However, that felt a little bit dishonest to me because I felt like then I – when – Will, I, will my morals be compromised? Will I go, this is like the most amazing new dog leash and actually my dog hates it and he's like choking on it and you know what I mean? Like there was just, it wasn't, didn't really work for me. Also brands don't like working with me because of my foul mouth. <laughs> so yes. the most transparent thing I thought I would do would be to sell my own products and to sell other people's products from myself. That's just me doing what I'm doing and I couldn't understand how people would still have a problem with that. Mm. One of the things that you pointed out to me, which I'd never heard of, which is Gomi Blog. So it stands for Get Off My Internet. And it is literally a site set up for trolls where you can search your least favourite public figure and then have little forums with other trolls and bring people down. So this is what we're going to be talking about next week. We want to find some Gomi blog users and have a, a really honest conversation about why they're doing it and... Yeah, just figure out what's going on and maybe we can make some sort of change. I don't know. Maybe we could just uh, like sort of explain to them how much it hurts. You know, I've got a company and I've got 1.23 million followers and I'm still getting hurt. Can you imagine these people who are just starting out and don't have the huge support that I've got and that these awful things are being said about them? And I just want people to, I just want to talk to these people and see from their point of view why they think it's okay. Maybe they're going to be able to change our minds. Who knows? But we could have a really nice, honest conversation with some Gomi users. We'd be up for that. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, I've got a question for you, my mm-hmm. best friend mm-hmm. of 30 years. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if when your dad was still alive mm-hmm. that I hooked up with him? <laughs> I think it would cross all sorts of lines and boundaries and make me feel really weird. But, you know, like love is love. If it was if it was something I had to get over, I'd feel really, really creepy, like sitting on my dad's knee. My dad used to still love me sitting on his knee. Oh, you know, and then like, Annalise like if, comes in for a, yeah, on the other knee. It'd be so weird giving him big kisses and just loving him as much as I loved him and then having you there going, come on, Jared. 
We've got to go home. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, like, if, if I married him, I would be your stepmom. Yeah, see, that sort of thing is, yeah, it's just too creepy for me, but, you know, whatever. My family's made up of a big mix of, you know, age gaps and weirdness and, yeah, but that's probably one thing that I don't think I could have quite gone over. <laughs> well, an article's making the rounds this week because a woman was talking about how she fell in love with her best friend's dad and got married and everyone's totally cool with it and fine and there's literally a photo of them sitting on each other's, like one knee each of the dad. Oh, God. (laughs) He's Santa. Like he's Santa. (laughs) But it got me thinking because you know I'm a bit of a creep and I love talking about all things taboo and revolting. and Yep, incest. (laughs) Taboo relationships. Yep. They're out there in all shapes and sizes and forms. <laughs> so next on 131060, we want to hear your taboo relationships. Are you in one? Or do you Ooh. know someone who is? This is the Queen Sesh. Creepy relationships. Like the forbidden the, fruit. Yeah, the forbidden <laughs> fruit. Relationships. That, makes it sound, that makes it sound desirable. <laughs> but like the forbidden relationships, like, for example, someone that just went viral was for a best friend, like dating her best friend's dad, and there was a photo of them both sitting on his knee like Santa. <laughs> Like, do they get jealous of who he spends more money on at Christmas? I can't cope. The mind boggles. (laughs) So we did a shout-out for some callers. And on 131060, Melissa from New South Wales. Taboo relationships. What do you know? Who do you know? Well, my uncle married a lady named Sue who became my auntie. Yes. Got divorced and went on to date my mum's brother. Ooh, hang so on. she's still my auntie. Oh, so she auntie hopped. <laughs> yes, wow. from one uncle to the next. Yes. Ooh. That is crazy. So she didn't have to get to know a whole nother family? <laughs> no. <laughs> Which can be tricky. <laughs> and was it, is it really awkward? Was it awkward at first? Yeah, still is on certain occasions. <laughs> <sighs> Some people didn't quite get over it. <laughs> Some people would have handled it better than others. Definitely. Oh, well, I, I feel lucky because I didn't lose an aunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I just call her Auntie Auntie Sue now. Auntie Auntie, I love it. Double aunt. Uh, Row from WA on thirteen ten sixty. Taboo relationships is what we're talking about. What's your story? Um, so we have like eleven siblings and. Um, we were all adopted or fostered out into different um, homes, obviously. When I was 19, we had a family reunion. One of my brothers and sisters at a family reunion oh. fell in love. Oh, no. Um, so yeah, they're biologically so... brother and sister, but they didn't grow up together? <sighs> no, so we had the same mum, different dad. Are, yeah, they, are, they, um, are they still together? Yeah. Are they still together? Yeah, so uh, <gasps> my brother moved from Perth to Queensland to live with my sister, obviously, as a couple. And she left her husband of 19 years <gasps> and three kids to be with my brother. What? Okay. And does, does everyone in their circle know? Like, they've moved states. Does, does everyone know or is it something they keep on the down low? Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone knows. Like, <gasps> they live in a small country town, so... Yeah. What country town? No, no. Okay, do you know what? Ro, I've actually, I've heard of this. There is an actual condition. It's called genetic sexual attraction. Yeah. And what it is, so it means that um, when two siblings meet that have been estranged for life, that they have an overwhelming attraction when they meet each other as adults and fall in love. What? This is a thing. 
I've read that you have you release these pheromones that actually repel you from your brother and sister. Yeah, they didn't yeah. get those pheromones. Yeah. They, instead of repelling, Ew. they attracted. Wow. Well, Denim yeah. said this. Denim grew up in a country town in WA, and Denim said that there was a couple there that were brother and sister, and everybody knew about it. I wonder if it's the same country town, right? All right, so (laughs) gone, you creep. All right, you know what? Next week we're going to be exploring genetic sexual attraction. I want to know more about it. Why does it happen? How common is it? Yuck, why (laughs) do you love this stuff? We could just move on. No. But you don't have any brothers, so you don't understand how rank it is. Oh, I do, and I just can't wait to hear more about it next week on The Queen (laughs) Sesh. This is the Queen Sesh. And now we are joined by the human rights activist. He's the CEO and founder of the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and he's Constance Hall's personal hero. Welcome back to the Queen Sesh, Con Carapanagotidis. Con, can you give us an update? What's going on on Nauru at the moment? So where we are, and I just need to give a warning, uh, the following is distressing, but where we are is there are 50 children whose lives are in imminent danger still on Nauru, 107 families. We've got toddlers who can't walk properly. We've got children that have got what's called traumatic withdrawal syndrome, where they've stopped talking, walking and eating. And we're close to having a child die. And what we've got is our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, in a week of a national apology around child abuse, sitting there and allowing his government to abuse these children and he's refusing to leave and he's refusing to act and he's refusing to protect these children. That's what's going on in the room. What, right why now. is he doing that? Con? Yeah, why what, is it, what possible yeah, poli- reason? Nothing, nothing more than politics. You have got Dr. Karen Phelps just came out saying, my number one priority is getting the kids off Andrew Wilkie. All the crossbench, Labor, the Greens are like, let's work with you on a compromise. And he's the only one that won't work. And he won't move because he's just interested in positioning himself to show, look how tough I can be on refugees. Because he's all he's thinking about is the next federal election, not the 50 children whose lives are in danger right now. It's nothing more than that. As, but he's as much a religious be- man. Does he not yeah. think that he's going to need to answer to some sort of a god one day and explain that he's letting children die? Well, that's a great bloody question because, you know, what, you know on the week where we spoke beautifully about the national apology, we're sitting there going, why are, you la- why are you sowing the seed of the next national apology where years from now... Another prime minister is going to have to apologise to what's happening to these kids now. And for a man that hides behind, I'm a Christian and I have family values. So what? You can't have family values unless those values apply to all children, not just your own. So we're just as shocked and angry as you. And this is why it's so important for people to pick up the phone and to call his office and say, we want kids off Nauru and we want them off Nauru now because this isn't a political issue. This is a moral and humanitarian issue. And no Australian believes in harming children, and no Australian believes that children don't deserve to be saved. This, this is this is beyond a human rights issue now. It's just shocking. So you're saying the best cause of action that we can do, that we yeah. can possibly do, is to actually pick up the phone and call yeah. the government. We need to keep the pressure on. So this is why we need to keep the pressure on. And what's heartening, but is what's so wonderful, whether it's seeing Karen Phelps or Andrew Wilkie or the Wiggles coming out in support, yes. or 5,800 doctors, the reality is now... Scott Morrison does not speak for the Australian public. He's lost the Australian public. The tide has turned on this. And the majority of Australians want these children brought immediately, along with their families, to safety and care here. Our borders are secure. What is not safe are these children. 
Absolutely. And look, I love that message today. Pick up the phone, call the government. We'll absolutely be sharing that phone number on our Facebook page. Thank you page so much. That you Thanks can... for your concern and support. Thank you so much Thank for chatting so much, with Con. us, Con. Thank you. My pleasure. You, Thank you. Thank you, Willow. I love you too. Thank you. If you or anyone you know are suffering, please reach out to lifeline.org.au or call 13 11 14. This is the Queen Sesh. And we are so pumped to be joined by the world's first professional supermodel with Down syndrome. She's a global sensation, walking catwalks in New York Fashion Week, Paris, London, named the number one game changer in fashion in Forbes mag, Australia's own Madeline Stewart. Stewart and her mum and manager, Roseanne. Welcome to the Queen Sesh. Now, I understand that it actually wasn't your decision, Roseanne, for Maddie to become a model. You had nothing to do with it. Nothing's my decision. <laughs> it was all you, Maddie. Did you want to become a model? Yeah. Absolutely. Like having a, any child, can they can be stubborn. Having a child with Down syndrome, let's times that by a thousand. Really? I didn't know that. Absolutely. Whenever I think of people with Down syndrome, I just think of, you know, happy and smiling and or my friend has a Down syndrome child and I had a boyfriend with a Down syndrome brother and they were just the most generous and loving and I never really think of stubborn. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. no. They're definitely, definitely strong-willed, if wow. not stubborn. Maddie, you've walked in some of the biggest shows on earth, New York Fashion Week, among, you know, London, Paris. What's been your favourite? York. Yes, New York. <laughs> I Yeah, I, that would be mine if I was a model, definitely. Yeah, Madeline's done the last six seasons in New York. It's a, wow. It's pretty amazing. I don't think there's many models that can claim that. Don't you sort of get turfed usually? <laughs> well, that's most another, models get turfed pretty quick. <laughs> that's another good thing about the genes of Down syndrome. Um, they always look a lot younger than they are. Can I ask you, when Maddie first came to you and said, Mum, I want to be a model, did you not have you wouldn't have had any idea that her career would take off like this. You know, it's funny, but it, I had no concept of what her career would be. I had no concept of what going viral meant. So, yes, it was all a bit of a shock to me. When the photos came back before we put them on the net when she did go viral, I did think that they would get picked up because three and a half years ago you didn't see people with Down syndrome that were really super fit and were glamorous and things like that. Now you see a lot of people with Down syndrome fit and they go to the gym and, you know, they're like everyone else. I mean, there is still the high majority that do have issues with their weight for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was different and people always want to like or see something different. You know, it's a story. So, but I had no concept at all that our life would change from being just a regular life to basically nine months on the road traveling the world. Can you share with us the story about when you guys went to, was it Uganda? Yes. And the the impact that Maddie had there? So Uganda, they think people with Down syndrome are a curse. They don't actually even understand the word disability. So we were contacted by a pastor in Uganda and he had a young girl in his village called Ketty and the villagers had tried to kill her three times because they thought she was a curse to the village. So we put her in contact with a a charity over there, a charity organisation, and they put her into a boarding school and Pastor Fred um, has been doing education in his village to try to educate people of what... Down syndrome is. So people with Down syndrome and other disabilities over there, they never leave their houses because they're scared. Mm. So we were there for 10 days and we travelled around and we talked at schools and at different organisations. And during that 10 days, 50 families of people with disabilities came out of hiding who'd never seen the sunshine before. Oh, oh my God. Um, and so what's next? What's next, Maddie? 
are you going to do a cruise? Yeah. So Madeline's just become the ambassador and um, highlighting model for Fashion on the Seas with P&O Cruises for Melbourne Cup, which is so pretty amazing. So chic. I love that. Well, we're really excited about it because it's the first major brand in Australia that is diversified in this way. So yes. I think it's hats off to P&O for taking the step and I really yes. hope that other brands will follow. Thank you so much for coming in and, and chatting to us, Maddie. We've adored meeting you and we uh, we think you're an inspiration to everyone and we've loved meeting you. Thanks for what coming in. a beautiful in. smile, Maddie. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs> you can follow Maddie's journey on MadelineStewartModel.com or Madeline's Modeling underscore on Insta. This is the Queen Sesh. Constance, question. Are your boys, and you've got three biological sons now and two um, stepsons? Yep. Yeah, three bio <laughs> sons, two stepsons. Okay, so are your boys circumcised? So, no, of course I haven't circumcised my sons. That's really, like, it go, so kind of goes against me and who I am just to change, like, the baby's bodies to, like, make it look better or whatever they think, whatever their reasonings are. Medical reasons, completely different. Religious reasons, who am I to, you know, comment on that? Um, my husband, however, who when I met him... I believed was like the world's biggest hippie gypsy man. He just travelled around this, the country in a bus and took his kids out of school, like screwed the establishment. I was all like, yes, this is my barefoot, you know, God. And then he told me that he is a circumciser. Okay. He is pro-circumcised. So he, so he circumcised his sons. He did, That he yes. had before he met you. And what were his yes. reasons? Um, he said it was like mainly his ex-wife who said that she wanted the boys to look like their father. And it's an old school mentality, I think, as well, because... Yeah. And he has an old school dad and he got a lot of that from, you know, his dad. Yeah. So we've got on 131060 Penny from Canberra. So did you decide to circumcise your boys? Yes, both my sons were circumcised. Okay. And what was the reason? Um, my husband and I sat down and had a conversation um, Similar to what Constance said, my husband was circumcised. He wanted his sons to be circumcised and I had no problems with it. And have you faced any sort of backlash? Because from what I'm sort of hearing and feeling, um, we put it out on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, a lot of comments where people are really angry about this topic. Have you faced any backlash? A great deal, actually. So we, both our sons were born overseas and it was in the US. So it was a tick and flick thing. You know, do you want cloth nappies? Do you want your child to have a dummy? Do you want your child circumcised? It wasn't a big deal at all. So I was very confronted when I came home to Australia and I was at a mummy's group and the circumcision came up as a discussion point and people were shocked and, you know, very um, confrontive about it. And they would say to me, you know, you're a baby butcher and that, you know, you're complicit in uh, genital mutilation, all these really horrible things. And it got me to a point where I wouldn't discuss it with anyone. And, you know, when my boys were in the shower at the swim schools, I'd take them to a private shower so people wouldn't look because people were really um, aggressive about the fact that we'd made this choice for our children. We're so sorry that you went through that, Penny, and um, especially in a mother's group setting, that must have been really terrible. So, Con, we've received a message on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, from Ash, and she has said that she works in aged care and she actually decided to circumcise her boys because seeing all the men in aged care who can't clean themselves properly having all these UTIs and problems, that that's what prompted her decision, which is, I've wow. never heard that before. 
Mm. Interesting. Well, you know, especially in the state that um, aged care's in in Australia at the moment, maybe it is something that we should be thinking about circumcising our grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Now we are joined by Australia's favourite midwife. She's delivered over 10,000 babies throughout her 43 year career. Welcome back, midwife Kath. How are you? We're good. Thanks for chatting with us again so soon. What, okay. a, what, a, what a gift. Um, so, Kath, just before the break, we were chatting to some queens about their decision to circumcise, did they, didn't they? So we wanted to check in with you. What's your medical opinion on circumcision? Well, obviously, if there's a religious reasons, it's, um, you know, a lot of um, people still um, need to do um, circumcision for that. Medically, these days, it's not done as much for um, just, you know, for for look. So I think you'd find that most children these days would not be circumcised. Yeah, it's definitely the case. But so about 30, 40 years ago, pretty much oh. everyone was. Well, day five, everyone was. And was, yep. that, and was that the belief that it would keep it cleaner? Is that right? Yep, yep, exactly. And it was, was because, you know, the father was done and that was just how it was, you know, and also a lot of hangover from, you know, the wall. And then in the 70s, there were actually, you know, babies that, that died purely from or directly from circumcision. Don't you get called like a gen, genet, genet, genital mutilator now? Yes. If you still do it? Some people, it's very taboo among some circles is kind of the feedback that that we've been hearing. Yeah, and there's still, there's still also that, that, um, that old bloke, you know, vision that, you know, because I'm done, my son has to be done. I know, because you don't really think that your kid's ever going to go, oh, my God, I'm so glad that my Willie looks like Dad's. <laughs> no, and it's, you know, it's times when, when they are um, at, a, at an age where you're teaching them, you know, hygiene. It's like girls. I mean, you have to you teach girls, you know, hygiene. You teach boys hygiene, you know. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, there's no difference in teaching um, what they need um, to know about, about their body. Yeah, we 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 call it the um the PP peekaboo in the bath in our house with my sons. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Always love it. And you can grab Midwife Kath's latest book after the first six weeks out now, or you can listen to her podcast Birth, Baby, and Beyond via iTunes, the Podcast One app, or Podcast One dot com. This is the Queen Sesh. And the end of the show is by far everybody's worst part of the whole week. <laughs> but we love <laughs> But we like to lift everyone's spirits with Queen Vice, where we give really poor advice mm-hmm. to queens in need. This very confused queen has messaged us on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, and she said, my partner of 11 years proposed. I'd always imagined it would be this really romantic proposal, but felt deflated about the whole thing. He just sort of handed me the box and said, will you marry me then? With no emotion, just like he was asking what was for tea. <laughs> I faked some emotion and said yes, but I really just didn't feel like he wanted to marry me. Also, I don't like the ring. So, and it's a very long message. I won't go into too many more details, but basically she's asking, am I overthinking this? Are there any other queens that have felt this way? I have. Mm. I have been proposed to on numerous occasions. Really? If you met met me, you'd understand. (laughs) Um, I've had a ring thrown at me before. Okay. And, yeah, by a drunk man who was like, are you going to marry me then or what? And I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. But 
These things happen. It often you think maybe you're being precious, but I don't think you are because I think that you can resent someone long term for not giving you the moment if the moment's important to you. Mm. You know, it was only last night that I was watching a proposal and I was getting teary and I was thinking, you know, that was so gorgeous. I'm so grateful that I had my moment where my husband picked me up in the water and uh, got down on his knees and did all that stuff. And so, yeah, if I was you, I'd just readdress it. I'd go, do you know what? Take two, mate. Do it again with a better ring. Okay. Because, <laughs> Con, you're the, you're the love champion, whereas I'm I'm the creep of doom. And I just kind of think if you're not feeling it, because she's been engaged now, sorry, I should add, for five months. So if you if after five months you're not feeling excited about the wedding and the relationship, it's only going to get harder and worse once you're married and you have kids. Well, no. Marriage <laughs> won't make anything harder. And relationships go through ebbs and flows. Always. They dip and they come back up. So she might just be, you know, it, the fact they're getting married is probably putting a little bit too much pressure on her. Mm. Marriage is just an extended relationship, you know. There's always divorce. We live in a free country. Yes. So if you love him, marry him. If you don't, you'll figure it out. Don't waste your money on a big wedding, though. Because you love might that. be, you might still be getting married a few more times. <laughs> Take it. It takes you know? one to know one. You yeah. know. You know. All right. Well, hopefully you got something from that. I feel like Con. <laughs> I'm like the evil Kermit, and you're the good Kermit yeah. in this particular. You're evil Barbie, and I'm hot Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is us for another week. Reach out anytime. Search The Queen Sesh on Facebook and you can find the full show in the podcast link there too. Have a beautiful week. And thanks for listening, Queens.